Good morning everybody and welcome to our worship on Sunday the 6th of September. Let us worship God. Those the Lord has rescued will return. They will enter Zion with singing. Everlasting joy will crown their heads. Gladness and joy will overtake them and sorrow and sighing will flee away. Father God, who loves to gather your children to yourself. At this time of return to everyday life and recommencement of the regular rhythms of church life, help us to acknowledge your rescuing hand, to know joy in our hearts, to feel sorrow and sadness subside, to better know your love, ourselves and your ways for us. Lord of fresh starts and new beginnings, thank you for how you provide for us in so many different ways, in ripening harvests, rotating seasons, rising and setting sun. And none of this happens quickly. Each emerges in your time. As we set foot again into a different world of church, Teach us to let you set the pace so that we can learn the lessons of grace that you want us to embrace. In the name of Jesus, who taught us to pray, our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory, for ever and ever. Amen. Our Bible reading this morning is taken from Genesis chapter 8, reading from verse 1. Let us hear the word of God. But God remembered Noah, and all the wild animals and the livestock that were with him in the ark. And he sent a wind over the earth, and the waters receded. Now the springs of the deep and the floodgates of the heavens had been closed, and the rain had stopped falling from the sky. The water receded steadily from the earth. At the end of the 150 days, the water had gone down, and on the seventeenth day of the seventh month, the ark came to rest on the mountains of Ararat. The waters continued to recede until the tenth month, and on the first day of the tenth month, the tops of the mountains became visible. After forty days, Noah opened a window he had made in the ark and sent out a raven, and it kept flying back and forth until the water had dried up from the earth. Then he sent out a dove to see if the water had receded from the surface of the ground. But the dove could find nowhere to perch because there was water over all the surface of the earth. So it returned to Noah in the ark. He reached out his hand and took the dove and brought it back to himself in the ark. He waited seven more days and again sent the dove from the ark. When the dove returned to him in the evening, 
There in its beak was a freshly plucked olive leaf. Then Noah knew that the water had receded from the earth. He waited seven more days and sent the dove out again. But this time it did not return to him. By the first day of the first month of Noah's 601st year, the water had dried up from the earth. Noah then removed the covering from the ark and saw that the surface of the ground was dry. By the 27th day of the second month, the earth was completely dry. Then God said to Noah, Come out of the ark, you and your wife and your sons and their wives. Bring out every kind of living creature that is with you, the birds, the animals and all the creatures that move along the ground, so that they can multiply on the earth and be fruitful and increase in number on it. So Noah came out together with his sons and his wife and his sons' wives, all the animals and all the creatures that move along the ground and all the birds, everything that moves on land came out of the ark, one kind after another. Then Noah built an altar to the Lord and taking some of all the clean animals and clean birds, he sacrificed burnt offerings on it. The Lord smelled the pleasing aroma and said in his heart, Never again will I curse the ground because of humans. Even though every inclination of the human heart is evil from childhood. And never again will I destroy all living creatures as I have done. As long as the earth endures seed time and harvest, cold and heat, summer and winter, day and night will never cease. And may God bless to us this reading of his word. You know, I remember some months ago in one of our recorded services, looking forward to this day when we'd be back together again in church. And I think I said something about a party or perhaps something about a celebration being in order on that day. Well, five months later, quietly inside in a socially distanced way, I'm indeed very, very happy to be back together in church with you today, those of you who can be here. I'm sure you are very happy too, behind your masks, although I would have to advise you not to express that happiness too loudly or with too much exuberant movement just yet. It's not quite as we imagined it would be, is it? Things are a lot more muted, a lot more restricted, gradual, than we might have predicted all those months ago. And we still need to be treading very carefully as we go. But here we are taking a very significant, if cautious, first step back towards worshipping God together as his people again. Throughout this pandemic, there's one well-known Bible study that has been there almost subliminally in the background. One of the most enduring symbols of hope to come out of the story of Noah and the flood was the sign of the rainbow. We've seen it everywhere, haven't we? On the windows and doors of people's houses, on school windows and classroom walls, attached to trees and lampposts. 
It's somehow become adopted as a symbol of support for the NHS and community care workers at this time, but also, I think, as a symbol of hope in the midst of pandemic. For a lot of people, maybe they don't stop very long to think about how it came to be such a symbol of hope in the context of the story of Noah. But that's where we're going to start today as we reflect about our first steps in re-emerging into a pandemic world. There are certainly some parallels that we can draw upon. Not all of them, perhaps, are particularly valid for us. The Bible describes the flood very clearly as God's judgment on a sinful humanity. That's not something we can say in a particular sense about the coronavirus pandemic. But there are other parallels with Noah's experience that perhaps we can identify a bit with at this time. Think for a moment about Noah's experience in the ark, lockdown. Upon God's instructions, he had built this giant ark, leading the animals into it two by two. Then he entered it with his family and the rains came down and the floods came up and up. God had provided this means for them to be safe from the flood and sheltered from all the elements, but still no doubt feeling exceedingly vulnerable and frightened as the waters rose, bobbing up and down with the waves, one day fading into the next. With thick cloud cover, Noah probably couldn't see the sun in the day, nor the stars by night. There was no course to follow, just drifting on the surface of this endless, endless ocean, as days become weeks and weeks become months. God, in all his instructions to Noah, had given no indication of when or where this would end, or how it would end, or if it would end. So all during this time, it seems heaven is silent. There Noah is, shut up inside, seemingly forgotten, isolated, in a vast ocean, months on end, with no ground beneath his feet, no walks in the open air, no WhatsApp, no Netflix, just his family and other animals. No wonder if Noah began to feel that God had perhaps forgotten him. Have you ever felt that way during the past few months? Wondering if God was still mindful of you? Was he still there? Perhaps you felt that heaven was silent, that your prayers were simply bouncing off the ceiling and the four walls. Well, this message of chapter 8 of Genesis is perhaps for you. Because right at the beginning of the chapter it begins, But God remembered Noah and all the wild animals and livestock that were with him in that ark. Those three words right at the beginning, God remembered Noah. God remembers you. He has not forgotten you. But more than that, for Noah in the midst of this epic flood of terrifying proportions, God remembered his promises. He stayed true to his promises. He promised to deliver Noah and his family and all those animals. And during the flood, with all its accompanying death and destruction, God looked down on the earth and remembered to have mercy on eight people 
floating in this great big barge with all those animals. And if Noah felt he was forgotten by God, well, he was in good company because in the Bible we read of many people of great faith who at times felt completely alone and abandoned by God. The Psalms are full of those sentiments. Psalm 42, the psalmist says, I say to God, my rock, why have you forgotten me? Why must I go about mourning, oppressed by the enemy? And even the most supreme example of a righteous person in the Bible, Jesus himself, had that feeling of being abandoned in his darkest moments on the cross, crying out, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? But here is the hope when you see the rainbow. We saw the most beautiful rainbow last week from the back garden. Elsie managed to, to photograph it. A real reminder of God's message of hope. In the midst of judgment, in the midst of whatever hardship we may be in, God always remembers mercy. He remembers those who suffer and he looks upon them with compassion. Though they suffer long and feel forgotten, the Almighty God will not abandon them. There is no trial, no hardship so severe that it can separate us from the God who loves us. The hard times will pass and better days will come. And today is a better day for us, not quite in the way that we expected and still with a lot of uncertainty and nervousness. But it is a better day. I think we tend to want things to be better all at once, don't we? We long to return to all those familiar places and patterns and routines and activities. But the reality is much more gradual, much more cautious, as we take our first steps into a world in which pandemic is a new reality. And as we do so, we dare not become too blasé, too careless, because there's just so much at stake, isn't there, in terms of our health, the health of our loved ones and neighbours, our economy, the future for our younger generations. We mustn't forget that as we take these first tentative steps, that we should keep looking out for one another and caring for one another. For some reason, the Bible goes into great detail in explaining to us that for Noah and his family too, it wasn't a case of them just leaping out of the ark to throw a party at the first sign of the waters receding and a bit of dry land. For them too, it was gradual. As they re-emerged from their long experience of lockdown, Noah seems very cautious. You can sense his nervousness. He wonders, is it time? He sets up these clever little tests to see if the time might be right, sending out the raven and then sending out the dove. And it seems that the writer of Genesis wants us to know that this re-emergence didn't happen straight away all at once. But in God's time, the waters, we're told, covered the earth for about 150 days, approximately five months. Then the winds began to blow, the rain stopped, the waters began to recede. A month or two later, the ark ran aground. Tops of other mountains slowly became visible, but Noah and his family and the animals, well, they remained in the ark. 
They must have been so ready to get out of there. But God had told Noah when the flood would start, not when it would end. And Noah still had lots of waiting to do. That must have been very hard. We can endure most things, can't we, if we know when it's going to end. Whether it be a pandemic, an illness, personal pain, trouble at work or financial stress. If we know in our minds a definite time and date when our troubles will come to an end, it's so much easier to take. It's the not knowing. It's the uncertainty that really wears us down. But waiting is important. It gives us opportunity to wait upon God, to wait for God's time. Not one day sooner, not one day later. It gives us opportunity to hear God's voice, to humbly trust him, to reflect and remember the things that God has been teaching us these past months. What's really important? What are your priorities going to be when we do gradually re-emerge? If Noah just quickly rushed to the first sign of his shore, well, of course things wouldn't have been ready, but perhaps too he wouldn't have been in a place to see and to learn all those things that God wanted to teach him and say to him. But there came a point for Noah when the time was right for him and his family and all the animals to step out into this new and different world. And it must have taken some courage to do that. The ark, although cramped and uncomfortable and smelly, had been home. It was safe. It was familiar. Now they were leaving that security, leaving the known for the unknown. The world that they had known was gone forever. Its geography, its familiar landmarks had all changed. And there were new dangers as well as new opportunities. It's interesting that the writer of Hebrews recalling Noah's faith says, By faith Noah built the ark. By faith Noah entered the ark. By faith Noah left the ark. I wonder which was harder, to enter the ark or to leave it. Both can be very difficult. I have to say I and a lot of other ministers in Kirk Sessions have been quite nervous about starting back to gathered church. It's something of a step of faith into the unknown. There are a lot of unanswered questions on our minds, but, but also the knowledge that we can't keep our church doors closed forever. We've been praying a lot. We've been preparing our church building. And we hope that those who come are reassured and blessed. And also that those listening online continue to be reassured and blessed as we all take these first steps in coming back to church, back to some kind of normality, even if it's a new normal. And what did Noah do when he stepped out of the ark? Well, the first thing he did was to worship God. It says, Then Noah built an altar to the Lord, and taking some of all the clean animals and clean birds, he sacrificed burnt offerings on it. Out of all the other things that Noah might have thought of as important to do when emerging from that ark, Noah recognised that this was his first priority. 
to worship God, to remember God, just as God remembered him. It's an important lesson, isn't it, to remember God and to put him first. Whether we're tentatively stepping foot in a pandemic world, stepping back to church, or maybe preparing to go off to new shores, where for a while you'll be cut off from your roots and all that's familiar, remember God. Remember the Lord in a distant land. Remember the Lord who saved you. Remember the Lord who forgave you. Remember the Lord who loves you. Remember the Lord who is with you, even now. Remember the Lord who remembers you. Let the rainbow remind you not to forget God as we journey forward from here. Just as the rainbow reminds him of his everlasting covenant and mercy towards us. Let us pray. Lord, we thank you that you are with us as we take these first tentative steps out of lockdown, back to the world of church. Lord, we pray this week for all of those struggling with mental health issues that have been exacerbated at this time. Help them to find the medical attention and the help and support that they need to restore and strengthen them and to bring them back to health again. We think especially of the family of Brett Savage this week in their grief. Lord, give them your comfort and strength. Be with them through their loss. And may their pleas on the media last week be heard and responded to. Please for better medical support for young men and women returning from war zones scarred and damaged. We pray for all of those grieving for loved ones at the moment. Lord, draw very close to them that they might know your mercy and compassion and that you remember them and will be faithful to all of your promises. Continue, Lord, to guide our Kirk session as they consider what we do at the moment and what things need to be put on hold for just another while. Give us wisdom and care for one another. Help each one of us not to drop our guard at this time, but to remember to love and care for one another by sometimes not doing the things that come so naturally to us. Help us, Lord, to find new ways of showing our love and care for one another. We thank you, Lord, for our church doors being open again this week and the opportunity for some of us to meet together for worship. Lord, we pray that as we go into the autumn, that privilege might be able to continue. That our adhering to the restrictions in place would enable schools also to continue and shops and workplaces and restaurants without there being the second wave or the spike that we fear. Lord, hear our prayers as we pray in Jesus' name. And now may the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Amen.